It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. I'm one of two IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. With me, as always, is my uh, IDP cohort. Uh, I, I represent the right coast, and he represents the left coast. How are you doing today, Thomas? I'm doing great. How are you doing, you belated birthday old geezer? <laughs> yeah, my birthday was yesterday. We were going to do the podcast yesterday, but uh, I figured I would take the, my birthday off. So here we are. We're going to do it Friday morning um, and uh, recording it Friday obviously means we got a chance to watch a little Thursday night football. Yeah. Uh, what did you see from the game last night, Thomas? Uh, lots of weird things. <laughs> I mean, the, first of all, the, the Green Bay Packers offense looked very inept. I'm sorry. Even with Aaron Jones back in the backfield, that that led to the Detroit Lions defense looking stellar for a while. And then they didn't. And then they did. And they, well, anyways, um, there was an ankle injury that took uh, rookie safety Brian Branch out of the game and could sideline him for a few games. And I know you've got a few thoughts on him in a minute. Um, Isaiah McDuffie fared well replacing Devondre Campbell uh, inside and inside linebacker as McDuffie posted five solos, but he only took 61% of the snaps, which that's kind of an eye raiser when you, when you think about it. Um, rookie Jack Campbell saw an uptick in his snap count for Detroit, but uh, Derek Barnes left the game with some severe cramping and didn't return, but Campbell still only had one solo. So that's a big concern. We, we've been talking about that all year long about how Campbell is going to be seeing an, an uptick in, in um, snaps, but he's, his production may not fare that well. And how about Aiden Hutchinson? This guy had a hundred, uh, one and a half sacks last night. He now has back-to-back multiple sack outings and just getting started. Yeah, I totally agree with just getting started. We, we, we talked before about how he's been putting up massive pressure numbers throughout through the first couple of weeks of the season. Didn't have any, anything to show for it for the first two weeks. And then now back-to-back games, he's, he's actually getting uh, some um, some strong uh, sack production for us, which is great. Right, and he continues to do that pressure too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the, it's like um, when you're evaluating home run hitters, like if they've got, you know, good velocity off the bat, but they're just not getting out of the ballpark for whatever reason, you got to keep throwing them out there. And this is really, you know, this is another tale of when you have an edge rusher, they're just not going to get a sack every week. That's just not how it goes. It, it, the numbers are too volatile. It's too hard to actually get so many things have to go right for you to actually get a sack. So as long as you're looking at pressures, what you're, what you're knowing is that this player is doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're almost getting to the quarterback, which means those sacks will come. So be careful not to drop people like Hutchinson um, who are doing what they're supposed to do. They just haven't quite gotten out of the the ballpark yet because those those days are coming and uh if you're a hutchinson owner and you started the year and he was slow uh but you decided to stick with him you're reaping the rewards now so congratulations um yeah you, you you'd mentioned uh what's going on with uh you know Derek barnes and and, and jack campbell and also 
uh, Devondre Campbell, you know, he, him missing the game. We had already seen this, that basically Quay Walker has, has uh, usurped Campbell as the, as the every down linebacker. And he's been really playing well that, you know, he, he is a university of Georgia product. Well, last night, you know, and you also mentioned green Bay's ineptitude in offense and, and that's the perfect storm. When your offense can't stay on the field, that means you are going to be on the field a ton. And that's what we saw last night from Walker. And Walker racked up 19 tackles uh, sitting in the middle of that defense while Detroit seemingly uh, imposed its will on uh, the Packers defense, at least for the first half. Uh, the Packers defense did get better in the second half. But for IDP purposes, Walker certainly, certainly had a good game. Yeah, Brian Branchman. <laughs> so we, we've got a Discord uh, a, a channel where we talk about NFL betting, we drop in props there and I'm in charge of the IDP props. Uh, and so I had talked about a Brian branch, uh, you know, going over his five and a half tackles and assists prop uh, started off the game really strong. He already had five tackles early into the third quarter. And then he went down with what looked like a severe injury. We th- and he was carted off the field. We thought for sure that was the last snap we would see of Branch. But Branch got it taped back up, went back out for about three plays, got us two more tackles, and then and said, that's it. I got to get out of here. So uh, in, in the Fantasy Points betting Discord channel, we were positive that he heard our cries and said, you know what? I need to suit up, get, get these guys their over bet, and then I'll call it a night. So we salute you, Brian Branch. We're all going to use our, our our betting winnings to buy a Brian Branch jersey in your honor. But we, uh, man, what a great, great young player. And I really think um, if this injury isn't too bad, that he's going to be somebody from the IDP perspective we're going to have our eye on for a long time. And then uh, also, so I made one, I'm speaking of the best, I made one other bet, uh, which didn't go well, and that was Kenny Clark. So my process was that the Green Bay defensive line was going to get a lot of activity. They, w- they were going to rack up a lot of tackles. Kenny Clark being the, the, the their main producer and also the one who plays the most snaps, I put my money on Clark. Well, everyone else on the Green Bay defensive line hit except for Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark did play the most snaps, but they double teamed him literally from the first snap and basically tried to erase him from the game, and, and it worked. Uh, not only did it work if you owned, um, you know, uh, if you own David Montgomery, it clearly worked. But all the other Green Bay defensive linemen came through. Uh, Kingsley Enigbari had five tackles. Devontae Wyatt had four tackles. Even TJ Slayton had four tackles. So basically, every defensive lineman hit Clark's over, except for Clark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that so- defense. That defensive uh, line was up against a very good Detroit Lions offensive line that offensive line at Detroit has very much improved over the um, past few seasons especially this year and it was evident when you know David Montgomery went off like he did last night and it's going to be something that to consider when you are going to run uh, a defensive lineman out against that Detroit Lions uh, offensive line Uh, I'm going to start our week four observations with the Carolina Panthers the uh, Panthers lost Shaq Thompson for the season two weeks ago, and Frankie Louvu uh, injured his hip last week. Now, I'll update 
Luvu's injury status in our injury report. But Camu uh, Grugier Hill is primed to be the fantasy producer in the middle of this defense, even if Luvu does come back and play this week. Against Seattle last week, he started and posted a team-leading 10 total tackles. He had seven solos and three assists against a team that ran the ball 33 times. Now, yes, running the ball that many times will help your your fantasy production increase, especially in a tackle-heavy league. But I think Camo is going to be a, a, you know, that's the reason why they went after this veteran as a backup for this very reason, and, and he's proving them to be wise for doing that. Uh, let's, yeah, I, I agree. And I want to talk a little bit about, uh, another linebacker. Uh, this one has been interesting. This is uh, former bills and current Chicago bears linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds. He's been playing next to TJ Edwards. Uh, and both of them have been putting up really good numbers there, uh, which isn't necessarily a good thing because the Chicago defense has really struggled. And part of that struggle has been Edmonds in coverage last game. Tremaine Edmonds actually missed some snaps that they replaced him with Jack Sanborn. And I think that was uh, because he was just getting torched. I mean, Patrick Mahomes picked on him all game. Patrick Mahomes threw at Tremaine Edmonds 12 times and uh, he got 10 receptions out of it. And it wasn't basically after that run, it made me wonder if Edmonds came off for an injury, uh, which I couldn't find, or if he was actually benched for a few plays. And, you know, we, they have a history with each other. When Edmonds was playing with Buffalo, Mahomes would play when they play Buffalo, especially in the playoffs. He would go after Edmonds quite a bit then, too. So there's a history there. So, uh, it'll you know, Edmonds and Edwards, uh, the Chicago linebackers, don't have a great matchup to begin with this week. So Edmonds' poor matchup combined with the fact that he might not be an every down linebacker until he gets his cover stuff together makes me a little worried about using Edmonds in an LB one spot. Edmonds and Edwards sounds like a law firm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Baltimore Cleveland game has two of the top three rushing attempt teams in the NFL. Now with that in mind, the linebackers should fare well in this matchup. Unfortunately, the Browns do not have a linebacker you can trust in your fantasy lineup. They don't have one that goes for more than 75% of the snaps. So there's a high probability Roquan Smith is not available in your league. But you might find Patrick Queen floating around out there in some very, very, very rare leagues, a few at best. And if you do, I would go after Patrick Queen because I have a feeling that he and Smith are going to have a big week. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and you know, we obviously, you know, you're, you're going to start Roquan Smith no matter what. But Queen has been is somebody that people might have start sit questions about. Uh, yes. I'm with you. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that Thomas and I do to kind of remain a little bit, um, you know, more partial is that or more impartial is that we generally do our own research separately. Uh, and do our own processes separately. Then we get together, and then it's and then it's easy to see. For and this is an example of that. Like we both thought Patrick Queen uh, would have a good week this week, so right. um, that and allows it's based us based quickly... on the opponents that we yeah. researched. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, definitely like Smith and Queen. Yeah, and it is <laughs> it's a shame with these uh, Browns linebackers because my, my guess is all th all three or four of them will end up together having a, a, a really productive uh, set of linebacker tackles, but uh, not one person. You know, it's, it's like a it's like a three headed uh, running back timeshare. It's the worst of all worlds. So to see Indeed. all that production get 
you know, like divvied up equally and poorly across. Everybody's going to have six tackles. Um, all right. So, uh, and, you know, to that same matchup, as you were talking about for, 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 for the linebackers, uh, you know, um, and not only do these guys run the ball a lot, Baltimore and Cleveland, both top five, uh, but they also uh, play fairly fast and they both play a ton of snaps. So uh, we just talked about the linebackers. Uh, this is also going to work in the favor for your Baltimore and Cleveland defensive linemen. Now, obviously you're going to start Miles Garrett. I like Jadevian Clowney this week. And also somebody who has really been playing well, but hasn't had a ton of production uh, is Zadarius Smith. I think he's somebody who actually uh, should come, come through for us at least in the tackle phase for this week. Yes, indeed. Now, I'm going to jump over to the AFC East and the Miami Dolphins. We all know the Dolphins had a 70-point game against Denver, but let's talk about their defense. Javon Holland has been outstanding through the first three games this year, and now he faces Buffalo on the road. Now, Holland has double-digit total tackles in his first two games. He had eight total tackles last week, so he's been close to double digits in all three games. In addition, he has four big plays and two tackles for loss thus far. Now, Buffalo tends to be a top-five tackles-created stat location this season, so Holland could be in store for a really big game. There are others on that Dolphin defense that could do well in this particular outing, especially with a divisional matchup, a critical one this early in the season, but I'm really liking Holland. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Holland Holland's the top dog here out of these defensive backs. For me, if I've got any Buffalo or Miami safety, I'm probably firing them up this week because this is going to be uh, the shootout of all shootouts, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Now um, watch, it'll be 13 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> I no! shouldn't have said it out loud, Thomas. I should know better at this point. I should know better. Um, uh, speaking of safeties, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Jaron Curse. Now that all three Dallas safeties are healthy and playing. Remember last year, Dallas played a ton of three safety sets. Basically, Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker, and Donovan Wilson were on the field for most snaps, and they essentially had one regular linebacker in Leighton Vander Esch. Now this year, they do have Damone Clark, and they're using Marquise Bell in there a little bit as well. But we finally got to see all three of them healthy last week. Uh, and just based off of last week, a lot can change, obviously, week to week. But based off of last week, Jaron Curse is the primary uh, strong safety. He's the one who's getting the most amount of box and slot snaps. Malik Hooker uh, basically took back over his primary free safety role. He Of the three safeties, he's the one that generally plays the deepest. And Donovan Wilson uh, was coming on as the third safety uh, and basically, you know, mostly in the slot, but he only played 52% of his snaps. So what we saw last year was Curse and Wilson were, were hovering around the box a lot and Hooker was playing deep. So you could rely on both uh, Curse and Wilson. Now, granted, they ate into each other's production some, but the question this week is when they play two safety sets, Will it be this combination of Curse and Hooker with Wilson just rotating in uh, only part of the time, or will we, or will we see Wilson's snaps go up this week? I think we will see them go up this week, but I'm hesitant to you. I'm going to keep Donovan Wilson on my bench for one more week. Uh, I'm confident starting Curse either way. You know, and you have to remember we talked about this last week and in, in all summer long. Curse uh, is wearing the green dot and is calling the plays, so that's that's a primary um, 
a key note to to take into consideration as well. Now, speaking of Dallas, guess who leads the team in total tackles with 16? Believe it or not, Damone Clark. <laughs> the other linebackers that fantasy owners target, like Leighton Vander Esch and uh, Micah Parsons, have just 13 and 12 total tackles, respectively. Now, obviously, Parsons is a no-brainer in big play scoring systems, but Clark could be a sneaky play in tackle-heavy leagues. Now, you're going to have to do matchups with them because if they play teams that they're going to jump out on and teams are going to have to pass a lot, Clark may not be um, that productive. But leading the team in total tackles right now is is a good sign for Clark. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you. Deep leagues and ta- tackle-heavy leagues where you're playing four and five linebackers, uh, I'm definitely – you know, very mm-hmm. interested in, in Clark at that price. Agreed. Uh, somebody I'm becoming less and less interested in is uh, Denver Broncos linebacker, Alex Singleton. It, was, let me ask you something real quick. Is there a love hate relationship we have with Singleton? I mean, every absolutely. year we do this every year. No, you're, you're exactly right. Because what we see is we'll see him play poorly, but rack up tackles, or we'll see him only start 60% of the snaps. He'll play 60%, but somehow get 16 tackles. And then the next week he plays 16% and gets four tackles. And, you know, so it's the, it's this, it's the up and down roller coaster. Um, we've mentioned several times that his uh, tackle efficiency, at least last year and the year before, was in the 20s, which is unheard of. I mean, you're not supposed to be able to do that, but teams were not trusting him to be on the field every single snap because he he's getting picked on a lot. Kind of like what we were talking about there with Tremaine Edmonds. So toward the end of last year, Singleton settled in, was playing really solid football the last like month or so of the season. Uh, we were hoping to see that continue. Well, last week he was off. Now, great. You know, they played the, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, uh, put up 70 points on them. Uh, so, but, but part of that was, was the, you know, and they didn't have Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell got knocked out kind of early. Also, you know, one of the things that really holds the Broncos defense together is this great veteran safety tandem of Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, but Simmons was out last week. So they were down Jewell, their primary linebacker, and they were out Simmons, one of their, you know, one of their, their, their most important uh, pieces to the defense. But beyond that, Singleton just played a really bad game. He missed four tackles. Uh, So this is something, you know, to me, uh, if you know if if I'm the defensive coordinator and I'm and I'm looking at at what needs to change, it, it's hard to imagine that that people aren't going to look around the room and look at Singleton's poor play last week and realize that we have to change something. So uh, I, we don't know that for sure. They might not have better options. Uh, so I'm not saying completely sit him, but I, I'm I'm. I, we had a red flag on Singleton. Then we had a green flag on him. Then it was a red flag. Then it was a green flag. Yellow, green, anyway, red. It's, ba- it's back to Jonathan, red again. Jonathan Cooper had six total tackles, and and I know that Singleton had ten, but he missed those tackles. And he, when you're playing in a game, you're getting blown out seventy points. Then you got a, a, a defensive coordinator that's going. We're going to make changes. We're going to improve now. Well, that means that they're going to make changes at all positions, including linebacker. And Singleton could be in jeopardy of losing some snaps. 
Yeah, so if it's a deep league, you probably should still run out Singleton. If you play in one or two linebackers, you know, like like shallow leagues where there's plenty of, you know, Kaiser Whites and Ter- uh, Terrell Bernards out there. Right. Um, it might be it might be time to move on. Might from behoove Singleton. you to, to do that. Yeah. Yes. And and you also this is going to be a critical week to, to see what their uh, defensive coaching staff does. And if Singleton loses snaps, well, the writing's on the wall. Um, I'm going to move over to Washington and who (laughs) the commanders have allowed the most sacks this year with 19 sacks allowed. Now the Eagles defensive line has to be licking their chops on this one, especially their interior studs, Jordan Davis and Jalen and rookie Jalen Carter. Now both are tied for the team lead with uh, Josh Sweat at one and a half sacks this season, and they should have a field day, especially with the interior of the commander's offensive line at home in Philadelphia. So be looking for Davis and Carter to have productive games and maybe even one of them being a stud this week. Um, a couple other matchups I like from the linebacker position is Cole Holcomb and Ernest Jones. They're both facing offenses that create top five production to linebackers. Holcomb is not an every down linebacker in Pittsburgh. We're seeing this as we've seen the last several years with Mike Tomlin's defenses. We have not seen an every down linebacker kind of lock that role down, but Holcomb is playing in the 70 ish percent range at this point. If you've got him, you you've already seen how, how his production is not what, what you were hoping for. So uh, yeah, if you play three linebackers, Uh, and you have a couple of decisions to make, and Holcomb is a start sit for you. I like Holcomb this week. I think even at 70%, he's going to have solid numbers. Uh, And Ernest Jones for the Rams, I really like him this week. He is an every-down linebacker. So Holcomb and Jones, their arrows are pointing up based on their matchups this week. You know, Jones has been racking up tackles, so he's really, really good in tackle-heavy leagues. And the problem with with Holcomb is is that he's got this – this rotation, as you mentioned, going on with Quan Alexander cutting into his time. And it just, they brought him in there to, because they were having issues with their, their interior line against, especially their linebackers against the run. And Holcomb, even like you said, this could be the week where Holcomb, even at 70% does very, really well. And I agree with you on that. Now, after a slow start on opening day, another linebacker, Jordan Hicks, um, he's been consistently productive since then. Uh, for the the for the Vikings, he's posted um, eleven total tackles and six total tackles in his last two outings. He had eight solos, three assists, and a tackle for a loss week two, I believe it was, or last week. And he had five and one with a fumble and uh, forced fumble and fumble recovery. So we had talked about Brian Asamoa um, cutting into his playing time possibly in the off season. Well. That fear we had in the offseason is no longer there because Asamoah is simply not getting any playing time. In fact, rookie Ivan Pace Jr. has been more productive than Asamoah as he's collected 20 total tackles in his first three NFL games. But Hicks is the one that is starting to, to produce. And every year we go through this, it's like Alex Singleton. He, Hicks flies under the radar and we're sitting there going, oh, well, do we trust him? Well, yeah, you have to now because he's starting to produce and he's one of those linebackers that, oh, he's this is the week where he's going to have a down week. No, he's consistently doing this week in, week out. 
great to see from these veteran linebackers, particularly with so many question marks that, you know, as we have already cataloged just in this short podcast, all the question marks we have at linebacker, <laughs> right? Uh, so I'm going to close out the, uh, the uh, um, this segment and talk about a couple of corners that I like this week for the Raiders. I, I love Nate Hobbs and Jacarian Bennett this week. First of all, they already have been productive uh, cornerbacks. Mainly Hobbs is playing in the slot, which gives him extra run fit responsibilities that that kind of raises his tackle floor. Both of them, if you have both of these guys, they've already been productive for you. But beyond that, no one throws it more than the Chargers. And both of these cornerbacks uh, have already been targeted a ton. So it's it's pretty easy to see that the Chargers should go after Bennett and Hobbs this week. Uh, to me, th- these, these are great uh, uh, players for your cornerback position. Uh, I'm also going to be looking carefully at them over the next day or so in terms of IDP props. Sometimes those cornerback props uh, can can be lucrative if we can find the right combination. And Hobbs and Bennett's definitely, uh, both of them have their arrows pointing up this week. All right. Shall we hit the infamous injury news and notes? We need some like sad, depressing music going on in the background while you tell us <laughs> who all either will definitely not play or possibly won't play. Oh, <laughs> this list gets longer every week. I'm telling you. And, and what's scary is a lot of these injuries are soft tissue injuries, you know, hamstrings and calves and a lot of cramping. And yeah, we have arms and so, you know, shoulders and, but it's just amazing how when I look at the injury reports in, in the list every day, I go through practice reports every day to see how people are, are whether they're practicing or not. And it's like it takes I have to scroll my computer page down three or four times just to read one team's list of injured players. Well, I'm going to start off with injured reserve because that's the simplest. There's only one that I'm going to bring up here, and that's Troy Anderson on Atlanta. Linebacker was a. Uh, put on IR and will miss a minimum of four games with an arm and shoulder injury. Now there's three players that are key players that are out this week in, in week four. And that is Devin uh, Lloyd on Jacksonville. The linebacker injured his thumb last week and had surgery. He did not travel with the team to London and they're going to be there for two weeks. So he's going to miss the next two weeks, maybe more. So keep an eye on that, especially if they put him on IR in the next, in the coming week. Now, safety Jordan Poyer on Buffalo was ruled out today with a knee injury, so he won't play against Miami. And Xavier Woods on Carolina injured his hamstring in Seattle last week and will miss approximately four to six weeks. Now, they have him listed as doubtful, but the information I'm getting from Carolina is that they they will – probably miss him for up to a month or more. Now, Sam Franklin will step in for him at safety. Uh, A player that's doubtful this week is linebacker Frank Clark on Denver. He hasn't practiced and and has a hip injury. Now, these are the players that are going to be listed who didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday and are currently listed as questionable. So you really have to pay close attention to that Friday practice report. I'll just go off and name the, the players so I won't have to tell you all their injuries. Uh, defensive tackle, Jonathan Ledbetter, Arizona. Defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, Indianapolis. Defensive tackle, Deraymont Jones on Seattle. And defensive tackle, Kalijah Cansey on Tampa Bay are all questionable because of did not practice, as is linebackers Odafe Owe on Baltimore, 
Josie Jewell on Denver has yet to practice, Denzel Perryman on Houston, Nick Bolton on Kansas City, Joey Bosa on the Chargers, Jalen Phillips re-injured himself last week on Miami, Daryl Taylor on Seattle. None of them have practiced this week. And also not practicing at safety, Eddie Jackson for Chicago, Chicago's cornerback Jalen Johnson, safety Derwin James and safety Aloha Gilman on the Chargers. Both have not practiced. Paulson Adebo, the cornerback on New Orleans, Um, Philadelphia safety Justin Evans, and then Seattle's cornerback Trey Brown and Kobe Bryant. Both did not practice. Jamel Dean on uh, Tampa Bay, cornerback, did not practice. And cornerback Elijah Molden on Tennessee. Those all are going to be very questionable coming into tomorrow, uh, into today's practice reports that you'll find out tonight. Um, questionable players that either were limited or did not practice this week. Max Crosby, Las Vegas with a knee. Limited Wednesday, downgraded to did not practice yesterday. Keep an eye on that. Defensive tackle Foley Fadokasi of Jacksonville, shoulder injury, limited all week. Defensive uh, tackle Chris Jones, Kansas City, groin limited. Defensive tackle Christian Barmore, New England, with a knee injury limited all week. And also limited all week was defensive tackle Fletcher Cox on Philadelphia. Now, did not practice Wednesday and was limited Thursday was defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi in Pittsburgh and defensive tackle Tier Tart on Tennessee. Linebacker Frankie Luvo, I mentioned him earlier, um, of Carolina. He was a... a Injury from last week. Well, he this particular week he did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. That was an upgrade for him, so he might play. Josh Allen, linebacker for Jacksonville, shoulder limited all week. Eric Kendricks on the Chargers missed last week with a hamstring injury, limited all week. Kenneth Murray on the Chargers, hamstring, did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Also, the same practice report status for Marcus Davenport on Minnesota with an ankle injury. Aziz Ojolari on the Giants has a hamstring injury, hasn't played lately. It was limited on Thursday, Monday night game. Linebacker Zach Cunningham on Philadelphia, ribs uh, limited all week. Dre Greenlaw in San Francisco, an ankle injury, did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Same thing for Devin White on Tampa Bay with a foot injury. Kyle Hamilton on on Baltimore did not practice Wednesday, got upgraded to uh, limited practice Thursday. Possible he could play this week. And Marcus Williams on Baltimore also had a uh, limited practice Wednesday and full practice Thursday with that pectoral muscle injury. Now, safety Justin Simmons on Denver, hip injury, limited all week. Safety Deshaun Elliott on Miami, ankle and groin injury, limited all week. Uh, Safety Josh Metellus on Minnesota, shoulder injury, did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Also, same practice status for cornerback Byron Murphy Jr. in Minnesota. Cornerback Jonathan Jones on New England, ankle injury, limited all week. Safety Julian Love on Seattle, hamstring injury, limited all week. Tariq Woolen practice in full and as did Jamal Adams and these two could be playing on Monday night all right well we are loaded for bear now here's the thing man you know we always make fun of 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 like how depressing this part of the the podcast I think it's not depressing but here's the thing 
it is really hard to dig up this information if you're a casual fantasy football play a fan or indeed player, right this you know we, we we know we know every single thing that that's going on with uh you know with anyone any offensive studs injury we you know it's on espn all day long we've got four doctors analyzing it. we got pictures of the x-rays on, on you know <laughs> on the on the big tv screens when you're at the gym but you know joey bosa Aloe Gilman, nobody's talking about these people, not, not to the level that, you know, if you're trying to make start sit decisions or you need to pick somebody up right. off the, off the waiver wire. So this is incredibly valuable stuff. So try not to think of it, uh, listener uh, as being uh, incredibly depressing as much as it is incredibly informative, uh, because it's, you know, it's really hard to get all of this information in one spot. So I you really know, appreciate in all previous, in previous years, we used to sit there and think that, okay, well, if you're questionable, you're going to play. But if you're doubtful, well, no, now that's where you're, there's a very good chance you don't play. And if you're out, you're out. Well, nowadays, if you're out, you're out. And if you're doubtful, you're pretty much out. And if you're questionable, well, it's a 50-50 proposition. It's gotten worse over the years because the type of injuries that we're dealing with are different than they were years ago. Years ago, you'd have sprains and things like that. But the soft tissue issues that we're running into, and a lot of it's based on the fact that we're, you know, we've talked about this with with Dr. Porus about um, how these injuries are based on the fact that there's there's only three three games in the preseason and you know and most of these starters don't play in those three games so the only time they really get on the field and hit anybody is during practice and they have limited number of practices that they can do that in 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 accordance to league rules so this is kind of a a type of of scenario we're dealing with going forward and every week we're going to have a huge list of who's who's questionable and who's not and it's up to your the fantasy owners out there and the listeners to pay close attention to the friday saturday and Sunday updates that you can get a hold of. Now, the Friday practice reports are huge and critical. Saturday, you look for anybody who's getting upgraded um, or promoted from the practice squad onto the roster. If, if Denver signs a linebacker off their practice squad on Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m., by 4 p.m., well, that's a clear indication that Josie Jewell is not going to play this week. So you have right. to pay close attention to these details. And if you see their name pop up during the week or in one of these podcasts that we do, then you got to pay close attention to all of these details come the weekend if you're considering any of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully now you've got everything you need to dominate your IDP portion of your uh, week four matchups. Or go Obviously, and cry in your coffee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what it felt like for the first three weeks. Or if you played anybody other than Quay Walker last night uh, in, in any an offensive or defensive. And you probably are one of those people that had David Montgomery uh, sitting squarely on your bench like 99% of the, of the rest. Or of the started Jameer Gibbs like I did. Yeah. Yeah, or the uh, imagine the combination. Imagine starting Gibbs and leaving B Montgomery on your bench. Must have been a, a fun <laughs> night. So, uh, but it, hey, listen, we can only handle the defensive side uh, on on this podcast. Hopefully, what we've given you will help you for week four. Um, remember, if you are a fantasy points subscriber and a premium subscriber we do have a discord channel do not hesitate to jump in there both thomas and i are active in there and are willing to give you much more personal advice than we are here in a 30-minute podcast uh and uh if you if you are considering hopping on um the fantasy points site 
uh, you can get 25% off right now using Gurific 25. That's Gurific 25. That's 25% one, off. One quick note for all the listeners out there who, who do go to Discord, especially this week, for me in particular, if you have questions that you want to have uh, answered, try and get them in there on Saturday. And if you do them on Sunday, try and stay away from doing them close to the kickoff times because I'm working to Major League Baseball. And this week is the last day of the season and there's a huge rush for playoff and everybody, especially on the West coast, on the left coast, as you put it, um, we're starting our games at noontime, which basically I'm on the air at uh, somewhere around 11 AM my time, which means that if you're sending me any kind of a request between 8 to 11 uh, a.m. on the East Coast, I may not get to them as I'm prepping for uh, airtime for the Major League Baseball. So try and get your questions in early if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will be around on Sunday. Um, the, the Probably 11 to 1 is usually when I'm kind of hanging out there. So uh, get your early questions in for Thomas. And then uh, if you, if you have some last minute, you know, the inactives come out and you have some sort of issue um, you know, I should be popping around on that discord from 11 to one. So, so keep an eye out for that. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us this week. We will see you guys next week. Good luck in all your week four matchups. Thomas, take us out. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Yeah.